0: Hey, welcome back once again to the Uncommon People podcast. This is episode 21 of the show. This is the show about uh, me and you and everyone in between, about normal people, their stories, their experience and their perspective. This is a chance for me to have conversation intentionally with people and learn something and share it with those who choose to listen. So I hope you enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, If you'd be interested in having this sort of conversation, potentially, you can reach out to me and we'll see what's up. My website is joeltimothy.co and there's plenty of contact info up there so you can get in touch with me. This episode, like I said, is episode 21 with my friend Christian Faust. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I had an idea of what this might look like prior to it, knowing Christian and knowing the kinds of things that I was curious about in his life. So I count this a great privilege to be able to actually dive in and talk about these things. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something and that um, it changes your perspective a little bit on some things. So in the meanwhile, this is, like I said, episode 21. Enjoy.
1: feel like your spine is a little bit more elastic than most people's no no I don't know what anyone else's spines feel like though to be fair but you can sleep on the floor and the next day your back doesn't hurt yes I do think that the floor is less forgiving if
0: I sleep long. if I sleep in an odd position it seems mm. I'm more likely if I'm on the floor to feel sore in the morning than sure. if I slept wrong in my bed. you just sleep on your back? No. You're whi- side sleeper. Yeah, side or stomach. I yeah. wish I could sleep on my back, but
1: I'm never able to fall asleep. On my they back. say side sleeping is actually the best. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's they? Uh, my mom.
0: <laughs> Moms, <know.
1: laughs> no. No, no. Uh, you know, probably Facebook. Chiropractor yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. No, but there's reasons why, though. Because okay. if you lay on your back... Uh, you know, well, you could have a mattress that that helps your spine be aligned. But actually, theoretically, it can be more aligned lying on your side. Apparently. Really? Is that because, so,
0: should it, the spine should dip inward a little bit toward your low back, but more outward toward your upper back? Like it curving out? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, lying on your back is gravity is now putting pressure to flatten out the spine along which would natural be bad
1: curve. if you lay on your back it's yeah i think theoretically it's going to totally straighten it out which would be bad hmm. and then lay on your side you could you can you actually can make it straight when you're on your side because then you still have the curve yeah
0: wow i feel a little bit better about myself now me too thanks christian
1: mm-hmm yeah. You're welcome. What a
0: positive note to be good in the podcast on. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and just say I'm not a, not a chiropractor. I'm a nurse. Yeah. Um, so don't actually take that as advice. Medical advice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I
0: appreciate your medical advice. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so happy when you walked into the room to tell me anything. I don't know. I was just like, man christian's here i'm probably gonna be fine yeah
1: (laughs) medically yes (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) how i'm gonna deal with the situation financially and emotionally those are different questions right they're not for christian to answer
1: no but
0: medically he can offer some consolation right yeah i have a license yeah a nursing license oh correct a nursing license i have a driver's license but that's all
1: Uh oh yeah yeah i am licensed to drive which these things are actually just recognized by the state. True. You know, so um, that's a whole other topic.
0: <laughs> and we haven't even been <laughs> on it much of a topic yet. <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> you know what? What's another topic that I'm qualified to talk about?
0: Well, I can tell you one I'm interested in mm. that we were we were touching on earlier. because mm. um, the the first. My first interaction with you, if you'll remember, was I at, at Life Group at the Greens House. Sure. And I came over to you when there was a a time when we were asked to break up, go find a smaller group of people and pray, for, pray with or pray for. Sure. And you were one of, I think, two people that I linked up with there. Mm. And I remember you saying some things that intrigued me because... I, th- I think you used words like war. War. Like being at war or mm. there being battles going on. A spiritual, in a spiritual sense. And I look back at that now as kind of the beginning for me in my recent life of the topic of spiritual warfare coming up again and again and again. Mm. And a, a lot of different people, um, independently and unprompted, wanting to talk about or having things to say about the spiritual
1: realm. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm just curious. I want to... We're going to talk a little bit about kind of your upbringing, but also how you came to that place of of believing in and feeling more attuned maybe to certain spiritual realities.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, so... And then to clarify it's only been recently in your life that you feel like people have gone up to you. Like it's come up over and over. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And the last year,
0: which is the time I've
1: been at Antioch. Okay. <laughs> so the community somewhat affects, but yes. had you thought about that earlier in life much? I had, it had been something I'd,
0: that had been coming up more frequently within the last three years, I mm-hmm. think, um, through podcasts initially um but as far as people directly in my life that i'm experiencing firsthand the last year there's been a lot more of it some of them being from antioch sure um but a number of others being just people i meet in cafes Hmm. that's been happening pretty frequently
1: actually interesting yeah 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 well i think that That is very interesting, and I think it's super important, and people are noticing that. And were these people Christians? Some of them. Okay. Some of them, So some of them not being Christians. Yes. Talking about... um, Or not
0: identifying with a very specific um, denomination of any sort, or even necessarily identifying with Christianity, but being aware of a Mm -hmm. different... Uh, spiritual reality sent a lot of spiritual
1: conflict yes maybe yeah okay interesting
0: or just spiritual activity sure because a lot of right i think a lot of people don't think of it in terms of there being conflict just activity or war yes right
1: which is why you thought that was like an intriguing word yes okay
0: yeah interesting so i'll ask maybe a specific question like is that a more recent mindset or perspective that you've taken Mm. or when did that come up in your life
1: well i will say probably my earliest thoughts on it came from my parents and i can actually think of something that's super interesting that as a kid maybe should have made me fearful but it didn't um it was actually super empowering so in early, in early spiritual experience or, and I, or the first thoughts of spiritual, well, I guess, warfare was probably when I was like 10 years old, I'm pretty sure it was when I was 10 years old that my mom was like, if you ever feel a, like a dark presence or anything like that, you have the power. Over that, all you need to say is in Jesus' name, leave. And uh, that was like super interesting when I think about it because it didn't give me fear, and it would have been later on in my teenage years that I actually experienced something like that a couple times. And there's a lot of kids that have like nightmares and stuff like that, and I definitely did and there was a few times where i don't even remember it being connected to a nightmare it was like before i fell asleep that it was like suddenly there was just something in the room it was like made your hair stand on it and it was it felt like scary horrifying maybe even and i remember as a little kid being like jesus name leave and i remember feeling like freedom like i remember feeling like oh wow okay and, you know, I don't know entirely what that experience was. In hindsight, I feel that it was genuine uh, because of things that I've experienced since then. Um, but, you know, that was my first really experienced thoughts of it. Which ent- is quite young. Very young. Yeah. Like to be... Ten, ten
0: is ten's young.
1: Yeah. And I want to say, I said when I was a teenager, I, I, I'm pretty sure I was probably 14. When I had like something like that happen, in fact, you were a teenager when you were (laughs) fourteen. Exactly, yeah. Just smack dab right in the middle of the worst of it, actually, and um, and it felt like confirmation to think that she had said, "I was like, yeah, okay, Hmm. wow." And I would say at that time, I didn't really have much conviction behind my faith. I don't know how many 14-year-olds do, so that maybe it makes sense. But um, then after that, I actually started reading the Bible more because I was interested in the topic of the Nephilim and fallen angels and stuff like that.
0: Which is in Genesis what? What's the chapter when that's mentioned, you know? So in
1: Genesis 6, it talks about the giants, talks Uh about angels, sons of
2: Sons, sons of, of Elohim,
1: yeah, sons of yeah. yeah God of Elohim, and that was so interesting, and you know it felt like it made sense of a lot of things and confusion of maybe even explaining you know how a lot of people say it's so harsh that God would cause the flood and uh, kill a lot of people, and then for the Israelites to go in the land, I mean those are super controversial, hmm yes topics but it was very interesting to think that there could be something else like they were a very evil people very evil spiritually evil people and that's why there was like cleansing um so that 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 actually kind of plays into spiritual warfare because Mm -hmm. i would say the biblical worldview is you know that we are spiritually fighting against things like that, or God, or you could say God is spiritually fighting against those things. And it's, a, it's an unseen force at times that's against our souls and our bodies. That's a crazy concept. Yeah. And um, I, it wasn't until later in my teenage years that I experienced those things, I would say, more manifest. Which I experienced in uh, youth with a mission. Whenever I did okay. my DTS, yeah. Which it's funny because there's a lot of jokes out there, and it's like, yeah, um, yep. Yeah, oh, I, you know, I went and I did a mission trip, and that's when I first saw a miracle or demonic or. Um, but yeah, I had some experiences there, which, um, some of them are just like personal, like freedom. And are not um i would say not it's not easily explained none, none of it is but um but I will say it wasn't until college that I saw what I would say was like someone being delivered from an evil spirit hmm. at at uh, at Jabu. at Jabou. yeah, actually, all places a Christian university. There have yep.
0: been um a number of Jaboers <laughs> on this podcast. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um let me let me think here. Abby Boss. Um Ashley Moser. Sure. She was on it. Uh Olivia Core, She's, She's a Jaboer. Yep. Um Joseph. Joseph DeFrange. Did he go to J. No, U? he did not. No, he didn't do any J B. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know, there may be others, but there's 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 a few there. Well those are jaboers. Yeah. yeah. And considering I live in Springdale, you know, it it's the odds are pretty high sure. of me interacting. And I'm a you know, part of a church community, a Christian church community, the odds are pretty high of me coming sure. into
1: contact with people who have attended JBU. And that, that does make sense. Yeah. But it could be spiritual too. No. It could be <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you
0: know. I just like to think of myself as magnetically attracting to Jibboos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People who went to Jibbo are, <laughs> they just enjoy
1: talking to me. Anyway, you kind of give yeah. off the Jibbo vibes. Yeah. For sure. Coffee shop loving. I did live in Siloam. Living in Siloam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. But, so you're from Siloam. I am. Yeah, I grew up in Siloam. Yeah, man, born and raised, right? Born and raised, yeah. And it took me actually doing, because I kind of, growing up, wanted to move away from there. But it took All me right. doing missions and stuff, actually. And then God called me back to this area.
2: Mm. And
0: so. you, from an early age... Your parents would speak to you of spiritual things. I am mean, guessing yeah. they're both they're both I have met your parents, they're both Christians. Yes. Right? Yeah. And um it was it was just a normal matter of course to talk about spiritual matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think our world views have evolved, you know, over time. And um our meaning my your family. Family's. Yeah, my parents, I things have changed. It's like, Oh, well that's probably not exactly how it is anymore. Like things like they taught us when we were younger, but I don't feel like they were dogmatic about anything, which actually really, really helped mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. Then, uh, then you experience things and you have to reconcile that to your worldview and your life experience, stuff like that. So yeah, things have changed. Things are always changing for me too on the topic, but I don't know if you're interested in hearing, a. Uh, a very overt story at JBU of someone being
0: del- yeah.
1: delivered. Yeah. What seems like
0: first though, define overt
1: for me. Sure. Um if if <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess the other word <laughs> is covert, this. so there's not a covert uh <laughs> Oh, is that the antonym? I think it is. For
0: overt. So overt is very obvious. Obvious, yeah.
1: yeah yeah that's a great word for it yeah i'd say it's it's uh this would be obvious where i from what like i feel like that you can have you you can have spiritual you could whatever you know call it warring spiritually and it not be obvious yeah no one else can see it it's not uh out in the open and it may not even be obvious to you Hmm. being the subject of this warfare you know, um, but there are times where it is obvious, yeah, um, but, uh, pretty much what, what happened with this young guy, was a student, is, um, well, there was a group of friends at JBU that had a prayer and worship group, and, which is, like, really close to my heart, and I was a part of it the entire time I was in school, and, uh, and it was great. We just worship, pray, and have community together. It was great. Got a little reputation there for good and bad, you know, <laughs> on campus and uh, you know, really interesting experiences, all of us growing in our understanding of God and I would say like spiritual discernment. And um and example of that is in this in this experience, what happened is there were certain people that weren't like officially leaders, but I just look at them as being maybe more mature and facilitating the the group. Well, I remember, um, and I'll try and, I mean, just to the best of my ability, tell us as, as accurate as possible. But I remember one night us worshiping and in the middle of worship, one of the people that I saw as more of a leader, looking around look at looked at another leader and it was just in the middle of worship like no nothing's different nothing's concerning but they look concerned and I remember one of one of the leaders looked at me and it was like a sort of face of like you know what what's uh what's happening and I'm like you know they walk outside this little prayer room that we're meeting in and um I didn't I didn't know what they were doing at the time, but I was like, that just looks like they're concerned about something. So I walked out a few minutes after, and this um this person involved with the prayer and worship group was leaning over and they were praying for this guy who was like hunched up in the fetal position on the outside of this prayer room with his wall with his back against the wall. That would enter there, right next to the door. And he was sitting there with like a totally stone cold face looking forward and this friend is like praying for him like pretty passionately God just free him and I just pray that he would um, be free from any whatever you know and I was like hmm and um, and then she was like amen and and he was like I still don't feel you know very good or I, don't, I feel off and she was like okay and he was like you know I want to I want to go in and join you guys and she was like, yeah, come on in to the prayer room. And he was like, I can't. And she was like, yeah, you can. You're invited in. And he was like, I can't. And she was like, okay. And he just gets up and walks away, almost like mid-conversation. I was like, that's very interesting. And um, for the next several weeks in this semester, that same thing would happen essentially. This guy would sit down outside of the prayer room with his back, you know, against the wall, kind of in the fetal position on just listening to us worship and pray. And every once in a while, someone would, it's almost like it was the Holy Spirit that was prompting one of us, like tapping on our shoulder. Hey, he's outside of the room again. Go talk to him. And one of us would just walk out of the room and sure enough, he'd be there at some point we'd pray for him, talk to him, just be, try and initiate friendship, you know, and um, what, what happened eventually is, you know, he stopped being outside the room, and uh, it was near the end of that same semester that we uh, met in a different room, and we're doing worship, and, um, and, and, we had to meet in a classroom cause there was more people that were coming that night. Cause it was kind of like, Hey, we're going to do a longer period of worship. And that morning, just to share something that's interesting that morning, I was feeling really weird and, uh, like just, just maybe, I don't know. Um, frustrated with something happening at school classes, stressed. And I, I, um, past a good friend who was really pretty much the leader of that group. He was the leader of that group, David Rollas, which maybe you've met him, but I ran into him that morning and, um, and I was like, I'm just not feeling that good. He was like, how are you doing? I'm not feeling that good. He said, well, the prayer room's right here. Do you just want to go in? I'd love to pray for you real quick. And I was like, okay, yeah, that'd be great. We sat down in the little prayer room and, uh, and, he was like, Yeah, I'll just pray whatever I feel like God's saying. Okay, that's great. He said, God, I just pray that you'd not empower Christian to have the power to deliver people. And if if there are people that are fighting with any demonic spirits, that he would just that your power, God, would fall on him and he would just be bold. I was like, that's so random. Like it was like not, it had nothing to do. Like I was like, that doesn't make me feel any better. (laughs) I was like, all right, thanks. And he was like, yeah, amen. I was like, yeah, thanks man. (laughs) And, uh, and like walked out of the prayer room and I was like, all right, you know, that night was our, that worship, you know, night that we were planning. Okay. Well, you know, I'll, It'll be good to worship tonight. You know, maybe I'll feel better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fast forward, go through classes, go through the day, not really feeling particularly empowered to deliver anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but what happened is crazy because we go to this worship night and you can hear it from outside. We had the doors open to this classroom and and worshiping. And David walks out of the room and he has this like, really silly grin on his face. And he walks outside because I was just getting there and he's like, Hey, I have somebody uh, you should pray for. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'd love to pray for somebody. And I walk into the room and this guy who had been sitting on the outside for like the whole semester, he's inside the room where we're worshiping and he's in the fetal position against the wall and he's shaking, you know, visibly and violently and he's got his eyes like fixed forward and he's got this super serious face and there's like a couple people with their hands on like praying for him and i look over at david and he's got this huge like grin on his face and he's like there you go (laughs) and it was so crazy Because I was like, what the the heck am I supposed to do? And it was like I walked over and I kind of sat down in front of him. And it was like I suddenly had this boldness. And I like looked at him and he wasn't looking at me because his eyes were like fixed on, you know, the wall kind of behind me. Almost like he was just looking right through me. And I just put my hand on him and just prayed boldly and pretty much was like, You know, if you're battling with a spirit, you know, I just say that spirit, get out. And he starts to shake even more violently. And he starts, like, yelling. And he starts yelling, like, about his mom. He's like, Mom, you were never there for me. You never took care of me. All this stuff, just screams it out. And then he like goes completely like, like he he kind of like slumps over, not shaking anymore. Slumps over like he passed out or something. All right, I uh, was <laughs> like, interesting. He he sits up, and it's like it, he like looks around the room like he's confused, and he he says to me. Hey, what's what's up? I was like, "You okay, man?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing good." I was like, "Do you do you know what? Like, do you, are, do you remember what just happened?" He said, "I, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got um. I think I got angry." Yeah, yeah. And he kind of like looked around, like very confused. And I was like, that is super interesting. And he, like, sat down. I was like, do you want to talk more? And he was like, yeah, sure, sure. We sat down, and I was like, hey, I don't I don't want you to be embarrassed about anything. And he was like, yeah, yeah. It was like he didn't know, like, what happened. And I was like, I just want you to know, like, I, I'd love to, like, keep meeting with you and talk about things, like, you know. Because I just didn't want him to feel like it was weird or whatever. I, to this day, I, I don't know if he remembers that actually, but, uh, just cause of the way he act, but I, I didn't end up meeting with him too much after. I think he just chose not to. And that's, and that's totally fine. But, uh, I didn't know what came of that very much after. And, um, and it was only, it was, well, it was several years later that somebody I was talking to was talking about this individual and, um, I didn't mention that experience that I had with him, but, uh, but they were like, oh yeah, so-and-so, you know, something really interesting happened. I was in a creative writing class with him and, um, as a part of the class out loud, you would, um, share your writing assignments and the professor really picked some deep things, uh, or or something to effect that people were writing about pretty deep things and this particular person was writing a lot it was, uh, about their family, and particularly his parents and his mother, and had a really hard childhood growing up. And um, And they said it was crazy because it was probably right near the end of the semester. It was like something totally changed. And for the final project, he got up and he said, this story is about my mom. And he said, at least his experience, he was like, oh no, this is going to be intense again. Really negative what what this person had been writing in their writing class and reading to the class. Really harsh on his parents, really harsh on his family. Very little hope or, you know, grace. And he said, of all things, this guy gets up and his story is about how he's like forgiven his mom a lot and wants to move forward and sees hope in life. And I was like, yes, something (laughs) good happened. Like, because I didn't know what the heck happened Uh that night. Yeah.
0: How far removed were these two incidences?
1: So. Was the timeline between them? The night that he had come to that worship night and that, that happened, our experience together would have been only, a couple weeks before okay. finals maybe a maybe a month before finals which would have been when he read that that story
0: okay wow.
1: and so it was very interesting to hear that so it was a it was like an overt change and it seemed to that maybe there was some correlation with that one moment and it's hard for me not to think because whenever i prayed over him i had never prayed over anyone before evil spirit get out of them or whatever yeah you know and i felt awkward about it
0: yeah naturally
1: (laughs) you know because it's like (laughs) somebody might turn to you and be like what yeah are you calling me an evil spirit yeah yeah Yeah. but it was crazy because it was like it just came out of my mouth so you're like oh that's weird and you know you you could say like i have things to draw from like a certain church culture and i've heard of those things happening so maybe my mind went to that Mm -hmm. But that's where it's interesting because you have experiences where and, and since then I've had other experiences like that where I'm like, it actually does seem to be that people are influenced by spirits. So, I mean, that's my best understanding of what happened in that situation, that perhaps there somehow was an influence by a spirit in his life. And also, too, then the question is different difference between, is there a difference between, like, possession and then maybe spirits can affect you, but they don't possess you. Because I didn't feel that I was, like, looking at an evil spirit in the sky or that he yeah. was possessed. It was like he was just afflicted, you know? And it's like somehow that prayer was freedom to some degree. And it was like there was clarity in thought. There was ability to... So so that's one of the more overt, like affecting one human being and another human being praying through the, I would would assume, the power of the Holy Spirit for someone, for freedom, Uh which would be some of the more tangible ways or or, um, obvious ways of influence, you know, from the spiritual realm. Yeah. So, I mean, those experiences are, you know, the reason I share that is that's kind of a more tangible thing that it's like another testimony to what it seems like Jesus was doing too Mm -hmm. and said that we would do. Yeah.
0: Rather than just seeing the results or effects of something happening inside someone spiritually, Mm -hmm. you did seem to experience, um, kind of a a peeling back of the curtain a little bit more yeah. because one could could look at the world and point out lots of different things Mm -hmm. and equate them to a spiritual or demonic influence or activity but i i would think it'd be a little bit it would change your perspective toward them if beyond just that result you see or experience activity of something else pushing a person toward that mm. result mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people you mentioned you know i think you being from the context that you were maybe it was more easy for you to move in that direction and think that way about it sure but i, I think that's people would say that's an unfair bias on that part. And so Mm. it's silly for you to assume that's what it was when really you're just more um, likely to see it as that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more akin to when you become aware of things, you now notice them where they were before and not necessarily that there's any more of them. Mm. It's just that now you're aware. You, You can take silly examples like, i'm i've recently got into watches sure watches have become a hobby for me and now i notice people wearing watches a lot more than i used to sure probably nobody is starting to wear watches because i got into it Mm. rather because i'm thinking about them now because they're at least in the back of my mind i notice them they're there yeah if you are determined to go through life i think similarly not taking notice of a certain type of activity going on, mm. you won't notice it. Right. Because our, our brains, our minds are so good at shutting out the things we don't want to see yeah. and just coasting. Right. And not noticing what's going on around us. Yeah. I mean, you can... I'm sure we've all experienced making a familiar drive, maybe the commute to work, and getting home and not even remembering... Anything yeah. that happened in yeah. between that drive and when you got back. <laughs> right. Because you're you on autopilot in a sense. Mm-hmm. You've done it before. It's a familiar activity. Yeah. There's not much worth noticing. It doesn't mean that a
1: million things didn't happen around you, mm. but your eyes maybe weren't open to them. I think, I mean, I think that's really true. I think that's more of what, what I would say it is because also too, Like I I said, you know, I've had more experiences like that actually since then, since, I mean, that was the first overt experience where it's like, like someone getting delivered from an evil spirit. Uh, and and I've had since then that happen. but then almost going on like autopilot again in life, you're not aware of that or thinking like that. And, um, yeah, it, if like, if your worldview your worldview is like, you know, changed completely. Um, and yeah, it it feels a little bit more like you are seeing what has already always been there, not seeing something or trying to manufacture something because you want to fit in your worldview. And and part of it is maybe some people would, um, some people would want that to be true for various reasons. Would, would want which to be true? Um, that there are people that are possessed or um, that there's deliverance for if they want to control people spiritually. Like mm-hmm. if they said, yeah. for instance, I have the power to deliver. So they would, have, they would be invested in that worldview if, if they kept going down that path. They would want people to believe that that happens, maybe even purely so that they can have power. Yeah. But I would say generally that's a pretty unpleasant worldview to actually believe in, you know, that people are affected by beings that they can't even see. Yeah. So whenever you're experiencing that and, you know, I, um, don't see a lot of people, um, that have experienced things like that, other other believers in Jesus. I don't see them going around and making money off of it. It is kind of a a another confirmation to me personally that these things are genuine and being and that it is a revealing of what is already there.
2: Yeah.
0: There's um, not a lot of short term gain in this kind yeah. of perspective. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah it could it could make you it could make you go insane and it does um make people go pretty insane because there are people that have that worldview but i would say the huge difference like for instance with the experience i had with that student and then since then is that i believe you believe that we're filled with a power to overcome it And that's what makes that worldview, uh, you know, even considerable, um, because it's like, I have the power to overcome these things. Yes. Um, through the, through the Holy Spirit, through the, the spirit of Jesus, he's still delivering people and he's still doing, uh, performing his ministry. And so I, I don't have to be afraid of these things. There's something to deal with. Um, and, um, uh, but they're not, they're not, uh, something to be, uh, I'm not going to be defeated by this. Yeah. You know,
0: and that can be taken into
1: every area of your life. Yeah. On very practical
0: levels, just the idea of being aware of something and that giving you the opportunity to choose. Am I going to surrender to this thing, mm. or just accept that it is and that I don't have an effect or control over the situation, mm. or am I going to choose to believe that I can fight it? Wh- whatever your reasons for one choice or the other may be, they do start with an awareness or an acknowledgement of that thing. Mm. It, actually, you saying that made me think of um, the Lord of the Rings. Sure, there's so much wisdom. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim intentional analogous relationships Mm. because tolkien denied a lot of those in terms Mm. of people saying he was comparing this thing in his book to this aspect of the war i don't mean that but there's a lot of wisdom to be found in it. sure and there is a part in the return of the king when the The city of Minas Tirith is under siege, Mm. and Denethor, the steward of the city, is losing his mind, essentially out of hopelessness. Mm. And the reason for it is that he has been using the Palantir, which is this magical orb, you might say, And with it, glimpsing the power that was coming against them. He was glimpsing Mm. into Mordor. He was getting to see Mm. certain things that the Dark Lord of Mordor was permitting him to see. And and he, becoming aware of it, gave up and despaired. Mm. And just said, everything's lost. We're going to die anyway. Give up. Sure. And I think... You can go, you can go that direction, and a lot of people probably do, if they hold to mm. a, a an acknowledging of a a spiritual world that is very active and that has a lot going on in it. Mm-hmm. If you are convinced of that worldview, I'm sure that is a path you can go down pretty easily, unless you have a reason to believe that you're safe
1: in spite of this power. Sure, right. Yeah, I I mean, that's really good, and and that's where I think these things become practical too. Because I knew a lot of friends growing up who had nightmares, and um, it's like the it's like peering, like just being alive in this world. It, you're gonna have experiences like peering into the palantir, you know. Yeah. You're like, oh, the evil is so great. Yeah, and so many people have overt whether it's actually real or not, perceived spiritual experiences, which then, I mean, at this point in my life, I feel like everything, the spiritual and the physical are totally intertwined. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, uh, for me, I'm like, yeah, they're, they are experiencing spiritual things. Now what exactly they're they're experiencing? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And how far it's being manipulated or twisted or Mm-hmm. or shown from a certain perspective to be a certain result mm-hmm. is not another thing worth considering it's yeah. an, i don't think it's as simple as they had a spiritual experience and they related it to me and exactly how they experienced it is what was going on right i don't think it's that simple
1: right yeah and and the crazy thing is at the same time it, we're like yeah okay that was a spiritual experience don't know but what did it cause it cause maybe fear, bondage to um, uh, maybe a worldview that whatever this darkness is, is more powerful. I mean, that's what makes it tangible to me. It, it It's like, it's tied to, I mean, and because I'm saying this without giving specifics, but I think all of us have either personally experienced or know somebody who has a spiritual worldview, maybe without a, a, a defeated Spiritual worldview. Yeah, there are spiritual beings and they're evil and we're kind of slaves to them. If if we are, you know, targeted by them, we're totally slaves to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, I would say a lot of people have that worldview currently. And uh, that's what makes it more tangible to me, the spiritual realm. It's like you're being affected by something. And um, I don't know if it's just your mind, you know? I don't think it's just you. And, uh, you know, having a different worldview, you know, in this warfare, the wars of our, war over our souls, you know, um, where it leads to for me is I have these experiences. We have these experiences. We're asking questions in our perspective as Christian. And
0: your perspective as christian
1: especially yeah double christian yeah Mm -hmm. christian double christian perspective (laughs) very as like the most christian Uh, (laughs) yeah uh you know i'm you know it's like where where it makes it practical is you know god can you um, deliver these people free these people free me from this perception and and then Maybe if if I act like it's just a... um, If it's only the mind that people are dealing with, that I may may be dealing with in a certain situation, then I may not actually use the right tools to deal with it. That's where it becomes Mm -hmm. practical to me. Yeah. I would
0: think, especially being someone who works in the medical field, Mm -hmm. and I've heard various stories from you about that, Mm -hmm. because... I, depending on what your perspective is, you may, let's say, have ex a spirit spiritual experiences. You may run into things that some would characterize as demonic, mm. but because of your perspective and where you're coming from, you will find ways to explain it. Um, in 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 using other terms, mm. at the end of the day, I think they're still just the descriptors of what's happening, mm. but they're not necessarily getting at a cause. Um, so if you are in a medical situation or a medical field, you work in that, you, the things you've experienced from your perspective, you have to be able to weigh what's really going on here, right? What's a cause and how do I treat it?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and me saying earlier that if, you know, my perspective right now is that spiritual and the physical are intertwined where even a lot of uh, the perspective maybe of of, it seems to be of a lot of christians would be there are physical things and then there are spiritual things so um so like i've heard it said a lot of times oh is that like this person is screaming and they're they're in agony is that a spiritual problem or just physical so it's not as easy to parse out for me so instead i just want to look at it practical like and and that's part of my mindset now as a nurse but i have had a leaning towards that for a long time. What is practical? Whatever is happening. So if, if you identify it as, okay, well, if I already have the perspective, this is spiritual, but is it, is it actually another being that's affecting this person on a spiritual level? Um, then it just becomes, well, what's a practical tool to treat this person? Kind of crazy <laughs> because then suddenly you it's it it gets out of the realm then then uh of me treating them with like a, a tablet or a pill or something so in that way it's not physical anymore because then it's like what does this person need spiritually and uh i'll i'll tell you of a experience that i felt like somebody was delivered yeah in the medical setting mm-hmm. um that's you. So there was uh one night that i was this is when I was still in nursing school and I was working as a nurse's aide, and I would float all over the hospital to meet whatever needs and so one of one
0: which of, that sounds like a spiritual experience in itself <laughs> yeah. just float all floating over
1: yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I just floated around really um <laughs> but i was uh was moved to a department where uh where they had me sitting with a patient which is just watching over a patient and you're in the room yeah yeah so i was i was in the room with this one patient in the er who had come in for suicide it was a suicide attempt and i had done that on several occasions and um i uh am in the room it's kind of darker because uh We were just wanting him to sleep. He was saying, I want to sleep, I just want to sleep. So it was kind of darker and I had a piece of paper in front of me and every 15 minutes you check off what the patient is doing, sleeping, talking with the doctor. And uh, so I get in there and uh, relieve the person who was sitting with him at the time. And the door is kind of half open. Um, And I'm in the room, which actually is against policy now. Anyway, (laughs) but I'm really glad because I don't know if this experience would it's happen, against policy to have the door open it's against policy to actually be in the room with the patient you should be outside the room in the doorway so they can't trap you in the room
0: oh mm-hmm. is this an er thing in, or just a hospital, uh the whole hospital the
1: whole hospital yes.
0: you are not in the room with the door closed
1: yes and it okay. probably was the policy at the time but i just was unaware and uh-huh. so what happened is I'm in this dark room with this patient. He's laying on the stretcher. And the door actually gets closed eventually behind me. And I didn't really feel too scared. I'm like in between the patient and the I'm right next to the door. Anyway, but I'm sitting there and uh, the patient sits up. And we just start talking and it's pretty casual. But he starts just sharing like, yeah, my life has been tough and starts sharing all the stuff about his life. And every once in a while, because I just felt In that moment you know I don't know how to love this guy or what does he need what does he practically need this guy I don't know but I can't medically I'm not there's nothing medically to really do for this guy he had already you know I think it was that his stomach was pumped and he had taken tablets Um, and uh, so anyway there's not really anything medically to do for him so I'm just going to listen to him and just consciously kind of internally ask God, like, uh, man, Holy Spirit, help me know what to do for Him. And I'm just going to keep listening to Him intently and go with whatever, with, you know, what I feel that you're saying that I should do. So He's telling me all these things, and every once in a while, just what I felt to do is when He would like share, He would share great, like several times He shared great things. Like He was like, One day I want to, um, I want to be like uh, someone who mentors younger kids and tries to help them not live a lifestyle like I'm living. And a lot of what he was talking about was just like flight of ideas, like just hard to hard to even track what he was saying. Stream of
0: consciousness,
1: stream of talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but he would say things like that. I would love to help youth out of difficulty. And I'm like, wow, that is really cool. You know, you have a really good heart. And he was like, wow, wow, thank you. Kept talking about different things. He talked about, yeah, and I felt bad for this one guy that I knew. And I was like, wow, that's really compassionate of you. You're a really compassionate guy. He was like, wow, thanks. Re- would really stop him in his tracks, like as we're talking. And And I actually sat with this guy for six hours this gentleman so this was
0: and recorded a podcast yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's
1: what we're doing right now
0: uh and that's how i ended up in jail yeah <laughs> Uh
1: no but yeah so this is like three hours in i'm just like listening to this guy and he's talking just the entire time for three hours and just every once in a while like wow that's awesome you you're really you're this you're not you're not an evil guy, you're not a whatever, you're oh, you compassionate, you have all these things, and I think it really affected him deeply, I don't know how many times he ever heard stuff like that in his life, and um, at a certain point, he, um, he said to me, you know, I knew this guy, and my mom made me go to a youth group once, and it was this Christian guy, and And he was like the pastor or whatever. And he told us this story about how he used to live in the mountains somewhere, like, you know, up north in the States. Mm -hmm. And randomly one day he felt like God told him to go to the side of this mountain and there were some people trapped and he should rescue them. And he told us this story about how he went out to the side of that mountain. Sure enough, there were people trapped and he saved them. They would have died otherwise. He goes, I just don't believe that. God can't do that. If he's real. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I've experienced things kind of like that. Um, from my experience, I, I feel that they are real. And he was like, really? And he was like, he was immediately like, intrigued. Immediately super intrigued. And he was like, like, like what? Like, do you, like, um, and he asked questions like, do you think I'm, am I a God? Are you a God? Uh, is there a God? Are there gods? And I was like, well. And I got to share my worldview with him. Hey yeah there's one God and um, and uh, I'm not a god and uh, but here's what happened just following him and I told him some stories of like hearing God's voice and in uh, in maybe even my uh, not audibly of course but just following what the best you know and you feel like it's from God and it ends up being true and stuff like that and he was like um, and these are experiences that really happened to me I just shared it genuinely and he was like He said, you must be a God. And I was like, definitely not.
0: Yes, I am, as a matter of fact.
1: (laughs) He was like, uh, yeah, he was like, you must be a God. I was like, nope, not, definitely not. Uh, And I remember laughing with him at the time. I was like, definitely not a God. I was like, hey, bro, I got a bunch of problems. He's like, okay. I said, definitely not a God. I said, "Um, but when you follow God, you know i think that he just does he does stuff through you so it's him and he was like oh so you can make god do things and i was <laughs> like no can't make him do things it's actually more like um like the relationship is like i know him and the more i know him i want to do things you know and he's like okay and he does stuff through you and he was like oh man this is so confusing. I can't. Literally. He was like, "I'm so confused." He said, "All right." He said, "Well, hmm." He said, "So you're not God." I was like, "No. I'm not God." No. <laughs> you can't make God do things. But God still he does things." I was like, "Yes. There you go. That's getting at it." He said, "Well, could you um I haven't been sleeping very well." could you maybe ask God to help me sleep? I was like, yes, I could. And it was wild, bro. Because literally, it was like the whole room changed. And he leans back in the stretcher, like totally like, like he had a big smile on his face. It was super funny. <laughs> he like looked at me and he had a huge smile. Like he had faith. Like He was like, this is awesome like, okay, cool, well, and he leans back, and he's, like, just sitting there with his eyes open, smiling, looking at the ceiling, and it was so crazy, and I was, like, huh, and, and I feel, like, this feeling, like, it's, like, a weighted blanket fell on me, and it felt, like, like, my heart started racing, and I was, like, oh, my goodness, I was, like, Something is about to happen. And I um, I just sit there for a while, totally silent, because it felt like I just couldn't say anything. And the only thing that comes out of my mouth in that moment is I'm I'm like looking at the ground. Like I feel like I'm pushed towards the ground. I'm like sitting in this little stool. And it feels like I'm being pushed into the ground. I'm like staring at the ground, And I just say, Holy Spirit, come touch this man and bring your I think I forget what I said if it was bring your your peace or something like that. Bring something. Holy Spirit, come and bring your peace or bring your your presence or something to that effect. The guy goes, We sit there for a second, it's quiet. And he goes, and I'm like, I like look up at him and he's still got that funny grin on his face just with his eyes open, like looking at the ceiling and we just sit there in silence and this guy is like, whoa. And he says, I've never felt anything like this before. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it was wild. I was like, what in the world was happening? Door closed. You know, we've been sitting in here for like at this point, three and a half, four hours this guy is totally, like, experiencing something. I'm like, if he's experiencing what I'm experiencing, it makes sense. Like, I'm just, like, feeling like this. I mean, I would say it's like, it must be some measure of the presence of God or something. It was wild. And then I look up at him, and it's like, it's like, I'm not possessed, but it's like I sit, like something comes out of my mouth, and I point at him, and I say, spirit of deception, get out of him. And I'm like, what the heck? And I kid you get not. Out get out <laughs> of Get out of I seriously, this is the weirdest experience uh, that I've had uh-huh. in this kind of realm of talking about spiritual warfare. He's sitting there with that silly grin on his face, with his eyes open, looking at the ceiling. And out of the corner of his eye, he looks over at me and makes like a snarling face and hisses at me for like a split second. He, he like looks over and goes, and then goes back to just smiling and looking at the ceiling. And it was like, that was the most overt that I feel like something, it feels like something is in this man. That is the most overt experience I ever had. And strangest thing happens, I get filled with this like boldness, and I just say, "Get out of him and point at him. And the guy has that smile and he's got his eyes open looking up at the ceiling, and he goes, "Wow." <laughs> we sit there for a little bit. <laughs> And it's like, what the heck is happening? I'm thinking in my head, like, what is actually happening in this moment? I have no idea. This guy's sitting in a stretcher. I'm in this room, like, in the ER. It was the weirdest experience. And he sits there for a while, and um, and he says, and actually this is super funny, but um, this is actually so funny. I'm sitting there, and it's like, um, not exaggerating at all, it's like that thing that feeling like my heart racing just starts to go away, that feeling starts to go away it feels like, okay, whoa and I actually started praying I was like, hey God, thank you for this man Like, and the guy goes stop, you're, you're ruining the moment <laughs> <laughs> the guy said that to me and I was like I stopped and it was so, so you
0: were you were praying out loud
1: yeah i was praying yeah. out loud uh-huh. and it was so funny like i actually <laughs> think that's hilarious and and maybe i was <laughs> really though you know like and it was crazy cuz it felt like god came and did something again i i don't know like it's a strange thing like um i still don't completely understand that experience since then i've i've heard people talk about like they've encountered things like that and they'll pray for somebody where it's like maybe more overt. Like it feels like there, there's some possession of their body of some person they're praying for and they'll pray for them. And it's like the person will yawn or sneeze or start laughing or something crazy, like random. Sometimes a siren goes off a siren, perhaps. (laughs) And bam, they're delivered. Um, (laughs) No, but it, I don't get that. You know, I I don't understand. But it was su- very interesting that when I prayed, I mean, what I feel is like the Holy Spirit through me prayed, you know, Spirit, get out of him. He was like, wow. It's almost like, it's like almost in my head, like looking back, it's like you picture this. That was like when he was delivered. I don't know. I don't know. But I was just filled with this joy. And it was so funny because, you know, I pray and he's like, yeah, you're ruining the moment. <laughs> Lol, And I just sat there. And I was like smiling. Like I was like, it just felt like so much peace. Like God showed up and did something. I don't know what it made me feel like laughing. I was just like, what in the world? And, um, and so I'm sitting there for a little bit, you know, and then what do you, what do you check off on the 15 minute box? Patient is delivered. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know every 15 minutes patient now getting delivered patient delivered from evil spirit you know no I just it was so funny but I like sit there and I sat. we sat there for a little bit in silence and you know um I mean kind of a special moment for me because I look up and he's sleeping and it was just kind of cool because it was like wow this is the very thing we prayed for you know so yeah literally the last um and so it must have been you know like the fifth hour that that happened because I was with him for another hour and just sat in the room and he just slept the entire time. And I remember just sitting there smiling, like with a goofy smile, like the entire time. <laughs> in- internally kind of talking to God. Like I was like, God, that's so crazy. I don't know what the heck just happened. <laughs> What's going on? You know. But yeah, yet, that's super cool. And I'm just sitting there and and it was so funny because at a certain point, one of the uh, ER nurses I knew, he like opens the door quietly and he's like Hey man, uh, the other person like showed up to take over. And I like, kind of like, I was like, Hmm, well, okay. Bye. This guy, you know, mission accomplished. I don't need to do anything more. That's it. That's, you know, it just felt like that's what he needs. Felt like a good use of your time.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah,
1: My mission here is accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Somebody came in, obviously never seen that guy ever again. It was so funny. Cause that was the end of my shift at at that time, hmm. and uh, clocked out, and just had this big smile on my face, like, what the heck was that, you know? Um, so, yeah, that that's some of the mo- more overt things. Um, I'll tell you, I've just the simple of it, I've gone to Dixon Street a couple times in Fayetteville, and prayed for people on the street, had a lot of crazy things happen, but, yeah, I've prayed for a couple people that kind of seemed homeless, and I remember one time talking to an elderly lady, and uh we were talking, and I just said at one point, I said, Jesus, he loves you. And she said, Don't say that name. Like hmm. very interesting. Well, Yeah. And praying for her. anyway, but uh experiences like that kind of affect your world view. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll uh, I'll be sure. honest, I've I've never had that experience inside a coffee shop.
1: Sure. <laughs> Get ready. No. <laughs> here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. Back to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Man. It's Yeah. It's wild stuff. And it's not like I can... It, it, yeah, I can't explain it. Yeah. It's just there. It happens. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a big thing that I take away is that none of it was me or, you know. Well, he, he just helps us in situations like that. And that's a victory worldview inside of yeah. a spiritual worldview. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, God can deal with this.
0: Yeah. So. Do you feel like, because this just came to my mind, I, th- I think I think maybe some people are attracted to having maybe less awareness of things that are going on in the world because I just want to live a simple life mm. and be at peace. mm I don't need to know about all these spirits floating around affecting people. I just want to live my life. Sure. Do you feel like having a more spiritually aware perspective or coming from a point of view that you believe in this kind of activity Mm. affects negatively the way you're able to live as a normal human being? I, what does that mean for you on a practical day-to-day basis?
1: Well, you know, like I said, you can kind of get out of that worldview. Like, uh, almost like you have eyes to see what's already there, but then you can kind of forget that. And I think there are times where if, well, I'll say practically for me, times where I kind of forget that. If I... If I see something like that, God has the power over that. He wants to do that through me. So, again, if that's the case and you start to kind of believe that again, even though I've experienced things where God's moving, then you kind of don't want to see that stuff because you're not completely feeling that God could work through you or could deal with that, you know? So there have, there have been times, I mean, it's kind of like, a you know, up and down in my life of practically believing that, like in my mind, I can't ever unbelieve that really. Um, but am I actually going to act on that? Or if I see a situation, um, so yeah, I, I think that if somebody has a worldview though, where or they do feel like, well, I don't. I want to live a simple life and I don't want to have to deal with those things. We're already dealing with those things, you know? And uh, you were already, when you were born, were were involved in this spiritual war. And uh, like I, I had said before, the war is over your soul and your affection and who your affection will be towards. And, uh, and uh, I'll... I'll Throw this in there too, because at this point in my life, I really feel like the greatest enemy that we war against is, uh, I guess biblically you'd say our flesh, but ourselves. And I'd say like a big part reason that I say that is with the worldview that I have that we have. Who who you know Adam and Eve were tempted by Lucifer the serpent, but who tempted Lucifer? No one actually had to tempt him. You know, it was through his, himself, his flesh, that he desired something other than God. His affection was torn, t- uh was turned towards something else, you know? And so I, st- I still feel that that is the greatest enemy. Hmm. It would be an internal desire to turn my affection towards something else. And I think it's easier to, um, to do that Uh, for the enemy to turn towards your affection towards something other than God. Um, For some people, if they just don't believe in the spiritual realm, because sometimes it becomes self-evident if you believe in a spiritual war, that there is a battle for your affection. So you can actually completely ignore that it's even important who your affection is turned towards if you don't believe that there's a spiritual yeah. war. Then you can turn your affection towards anything that you desire that day or that week.
0: Well, it's essentially, everything has less value and less power at that point. If there's mm. nothing underlying that impetus or that desire, mm. then it doesn't matter.
1: Mm. It's, it's
0: just another thing. It's just another want it's just another craving there's not any anything sinister or malevolent or benevolent about anything yeah if there's nothing underlying it then why why does it matter yeah like that's i think inevitably that's where you end up i think if you, if you don't believe in um in a spiritual reality in which there is um a right and a wrong side to be mm. on, you could say. Uh, I feel like it, it just inevitably leads to kind of a nihilistic yeah. perspective. It, it seems logical to me. Yeah. If that is the truth. Yeah. If the truth is there is nothing else, why care about anything?
1: Yeah. And and like I said, what what is the most important thing to... Well, I'm kind of thinking out loud now. What is the most important thing to your individual human life? Like, I would say your affection. And if if that's what we were made, if we were made to give our affection to God, to someone, to God, and we give it to other things, then there's no there's no real reason why it would matter who you, what you give your affection to. Yeah, absolutely. Then everything, nothing is meaningful. Give your affection to anything other than God, it's not going to return meaning, meaningful reward, you know? So that's why I think some people, you know, and I think, I mean, I feel that I'm seen. others are our age in their 20s and even 30s, like, adopted more of a spiritual worldview they're wanting to look for meaning and strangely enough i actually think it could be very very helpful for people to believe that there is good and evil in that spiritual realm because it's it's like hopeful Mm -hmm. there's a there's like a good thing to choose i can put my affection towards yeah (laughs) yeah there's a purpose for my life
0: yeah I was trying to think of something funny to say there, but I, I just, nothing, <laughs> nothing came to mind. I feel like there had been a, a gap. There wasn't enough humor, you know, in in the last ten minutes.
1: We're talking about very serious things. Yes, we're yeah. the whole the whole time, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I was gonna say though, on a serious note, I think that's to me it's logical and it, it's an easier. Um, route or con- conversation tactic for me mm. to introduce these kinds of things to people just for me to talk about the spiritual realm much the same that i would talk about the realm that i'm in the physical realm mm-hmm. of if you believe in a world full of full of other beings why would the same things not be true of them that's true of us meaning mm. there's In this world that we get to experience there's obviously ill will Mm -hmm. from people toward other people there's people who are wanting to take advantage of other people and then there's people who want to do good there's there's forces of benevolence and forces of malevolence there's very obviously very clearly evil in the world that's Mm. very tangible it's very noticeable that we see and that's you i don't believe it's purely on a human level and that's all that that is but if there's another side of reality that is a spiritual side where Mm. there are beings that have a will and desire Mm -hmm. why would there not also be ones that are not things you should trust in ones that are not things you should give your allegiance to right and that's something i try to caution people on who describe themselves say as spiritual but not religious right i'll get on this topic by talking about how i i believe in a very a very spiritual um, world Mm. but i've only experienced one of those beings that i know i can trust that has Again and again, prove themselves to me. Mm. So personally, I think if you're gonna follow after one of these spirits, h- how do you know that you can trust them? Yeah. Just be on a practical level. Who who are you giving your allegiance to? Yeah. In whatever way you're communicating or living out a life that that um, you're living in some sort of awareness mm. of these realities. Mm. Let's say it's a Ouija board, right? Sure. You can't stop at just, well, I used it and something talked back to me and they said things. I think, whoa,
1: yeah, that's that's
0: wild. Sounds like I a personal
1: interaction yeah. with some sort of invisible being. Yeah. And now
0: I want to ask, who is this? Yeah. And how do you know yeah. that they want anything good for you? Right. That is a, that's a practical concern Yeah, that should be brought up. But but there's so much fascination on mm. that level mm. with people. Oh, something is clearly communicating with me and telling me things. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I want to pursue this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it leaves so much kind of in the open or so much unanswered stuff that, that sometimes people don't want to be answered. Mm. People don't necessarily want... To be told, this is what this God is like.
1: Mm-hmm. They want to
0: say, "No, I, I want to find the God that fits, you know, fits my need. Or sure, is comfortable for me, or, or tells me things that I like. Uh, allows me to be whatever way. Lots of different reasons, I'm sure. And and this is just a way of me to experience some of that. I, I mm. can, you know, play with these cards and learn things from them. And right. It doesn't require much of me, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't force much on me, you know. That's safer for me. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you keep going down that road, I just think very logically, it, it you can't make the argument that you're safe because you don't have anything to to go off of as far as trusting
1: who are you talking to. You're just influenced by this, yes. Whatever your perspective allows, but seems to be a personal being is just influencing yeah. you and you're not filtering and you've vo- you have voluntarily submitting to that influence
0: yeah because i would say if you bring it to a human level you would say that kind of behavior is horribly irresponsible yeah like some you communicate with somebody on the internet who you don't know sure and you start asking them things and they're just telling you what you should do right and you don't, <laughs> it's a, it's and you a, don't know who this person is yeah. You've never met them. You don't know their story. Yeah. Would would you think it wise? That's a to, great to just submit to the influence of this person without knowing them on a personal level. That's a great comparison. Yeah, I it's a so. great comparison. You know, I think like you, you'd mentioned earlier. I I want to take things to a practical level. Mm. I don't think living in a in a with a sense of spiritual awareness means you just float around in the world and you don't think of anything solidly or you don't think of anything in, in absolute terms. Right. I think I try to apply the same rules of logic that I would to any other circumstance. And that plays into what I was just saying. It's on a practical level, who are you opening your mind to? Yeah. And how do you know you can trust them?
2: Yeah. For
0: me, the God that I follow, I have a lot of reason to continue trusting because I've lived my whole life experiencing lots of things Mm. from this God, and I'm following a tradition of people also following and experiencing this God Mm. as trustworthy for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And that to me speaks of consistency and trustworthiness. Right that it makes sense to follow this god.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a really interesting thing. It's interesting to bring in history like um I think there would, there would be arguments against like well just because people followed before um doesn't give validity. But I I've been thinking about this recently and I think that it is it could be just an evidence to a certain level of truth something you believe to say something that is factual, like Christianity, ever since, you know, Jesus empowered his disciples, has spread like almost one, like no other religion ever has, and has been so pervasive and affected every culture so deeply, and millions of people have died for that belief, and Yeah, just adding that to what you're saying about the tradition, because Uh that's a part of the tradition. People willing to die, people willing to be, uh, you know, kicked out of their communities for this belief and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. especially considering the the principles or the the pillars of what it means to follow this religion. Right. It's uh, at a face value glance, it is not very attractive. For a lot no. of people. The, the the kind of behavior and uh, humility mm. that is asked of those who follow this God seems very counterintuitive. Mm. Timothy Mackey likes to use the phrase the upside-down kingdom. Mm. That The way that Jesus worked in the world was so counterintuitive and countercultural. Mm. And to me, that that does speak to the compelling nature of this faith Mm. that in spite of all of that in spite of this guy jesus telling people to do these things that they would have had so much pushback from Mm. it continued to spread and it continued to show itself as something worth pursuing to Mm. millions of people there, there wasn't, um, there's not some selfish agenda that you can take up with it. Right. Uh, I mean, there, there is. There's, people will always find a, a way to turn it into a, a selfish thing, whatever your, your belief sure. system is. Yeah. But the principle of loving your neighbor as yourself and love being the sacrifice of, of many different things, but love in practice being about sacrifice of something, one thing or another for Jesus coming down to, to the point of sacrifice of his life Mm. to lay that down for people. And in the moment in Jesus case, to look on them with pity and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I don't think most of us know what it's like Mm. to, go that far and our love Mm. and yet that's that's the life that we're called to as Christians
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and he did it yeah like yeah didn't just tell us what to do but yeah did it yeah perfectly yeah Uh and and then amazing to yeah well and it's interesting I say like even your first thought is like how could people actually do that for their own gain Yeah, we know people have, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting, you know, which like I talked about earlier, you could even have a spiritual worldview, which it just straightforward is not pleasant. Like it's not a pleasant worldview, but if you can turn it into like a power structure, then yeah, you could take advantage of that, Mm -hmm. which is what's so fascinating about, you know, the idea of, you know, Jesus came and he was lowest. So it's like he didn't turn it into like power structure mm-hmm. he like, yeah, the kingdom of God is not a matter of words but a matter of power, you know not in not in the structure of it, but in doing, you know, and it's wild, yeah, it's wild,
0: wild, wild stuff <laughs> <laughs> you're very right about that, very wild, so do you think um Do you think the orange is a better fruit than the
1: apple? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Yeah. Orange better than an apple. Mm. Uh, In what context? Um, Maybe breakfast. Breakfast. A balanced breakfast. Sure. Um, Well, it depends if, if I'm real dehydrated.
0: Oh, which one would you go for if you were dehydrated? The oh, orange of those two. The, the orange. The orange. Yes. The orange has more hydrating power than an apple. It feels that way. You're not speaking as a medical professional. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, n- n- as uh, you know, <laughs> I haven't
1: looked at the. This cold is worth part. writing
0: down a timestamp for this aspect of the conversation.
1: Great. Yeah, I agree, because this is this is important. And, um, no, I haven't looked at the cold, hard, you know, data looking at, you know, the water content of it.
0: Oh, I don't believe in looking at data. It's right. Okay. Just, you know, <laughs> whatever you're thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Oh, it's okay. got more water because huh. it's juicy, dude. It, it is very juicy. Right? And Apple yeah. is not as, like, juicy.
2: It's yeah, kind of juicy, yeah. right? I think You'd it's also it
0: it's, more balanced. It doesn't Mm. seem as necessarily as sweet. Which one? The
1: orange. (laughs) The orange is not as sweet? Is it? Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. I actually don't know. You know, the orange is sour. More sour. I think it's more more bitter. Well, okay. Wow. I think you're actually right. I think the apple is sweeter. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and less juicy. As as a palate professional, ooh, I, I have to say, I think there's, wow, there's more it. bitter elements involved with uh, the experience of consuming an uh, orange than that of an apple.
1: Well, I'm going to trust your professional judgment. Okay. I'm going to defer to you. And I'd say I agree, too.
0: Yeah. No, I'm glad.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, for sure. That's That seems right to me, 100%.
0: Would you say your upbringing gave you <laughs> gave you <a laughs> Would you say your upbringing gave you a, a greater proclivity for um, delving into spiritual
1: matters? Yeah, I my my uh, parents gave me a spiritual worldview early on. That uh, that's got to affect things pretty deeply, you know.
0: Was there a point? Was there ever a pushback point for you? Because a lot of people who do receive early on in their life a spiritual worldview will usually in the more rebellious part of life being late teens, mid, early to mid-20s, right. when you start discovering a lot of other things in life, push against that and go in the other direction, the whole pendulum thing. It Did you ever have a, a time period like that? It did
1: yeah yeah for sure. um what kept me having a spiritual worldview was, you know, whenever I was fourteen started reading the Bible because I was interested in the subject of angels and um the Nephilim and stuff like that in Genesis uh-huh. six. yeah if I wouldn't have found that interesting, I don't know what I would have thought so much against. Like, or what other things I would have fought against. I know I've fought against the idea of the importance of prayer and, and singing to God. And I fought against a lot of concepts in the Bible that are spiritual and spiritual worldview. And uh, until I was 17 and then was able to, well, when I was 17, I had several dreams that I feel like are from God, and that affected me pretty deeply, And but from 14 to 17, I think the only thing that kept me not denying that worldview pretty strongly was that I just kept reading the Bible, just because I thought it was something, some subject that was cool, but I thought, oh, this makes sense you know, to me, so... Yeah, I I practically was straying pretty far from from the deeper things of loving God. But the the spiritual worldview stayed because of reading the scriptures, being mm. interested in that.
0: Was there a... Uh... Oh, I'm losing that train.
1: Choo-choo, pick <laughs> it up. Get on the train. <laughs>
0: Oh, was was there? A, was there? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> was there oh, ever like, was there a point at which you began finding um, scripture to be at odds with the reality you were experiencing in the world, and, and a reconciliation that needed to happen there between the two?
1: That's a really good question. Why well, I, I still have things that I'm reconciling um man sheesh <laughs> i i gotta I gotta delve into the deep places of my brain, man, my soul being a young little kiddo thinking about all these things and these concepts, and you're like what um when i was younger it was it was still hard to just believe that there could be beings like i mean in the, with this subject that you can't see and you know it was hard for me to think about there being a uh, like the concept of that there'll be an end to the world and stuff like that and thinking about like god causing that that was that was a hard thing to think about um hard thinking about um what you know well i ended up this is you know well yeah i don't that's a bigger there's oh my goodness that's a really good question because i'm just thinking about all these different things and there's there's a lot of things that are not a concise thought Mm. there's been a lot of things um growing up that have made me think about church structure and stuff and what it looks like to be like a spiritual people what is i mean what is that you know um uh and that's go ahead
0: Well, I was going to say, to to maybe give you a little more specificity, I love any chance I can use that word, by by the way. It's great I just love that word. Shout out to you, Joseph (laughs) (laughs) Gordon-Levitt. We know you're listening. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: What is something that did cause tension between your faith worldview and your experience in the world as it is that you did find reconciliation
1: for
2: mm.
1: in the vein of our relationship to god it could be our...
0: are you asking me a question yeah because <laughs> <laughs> um, there is something that's coming to mind yeah sure Anything I'm curious about is something that at a certain point um, you saw in Scripture, Scripture said something or the meaning of the Scripture was something. Mm. And it seemed to be in conflict with your experience of reality. And then you found, though, a reconciliation that, that brought
1: peace to that um even since being young i couldn't i didn't understand how to reconcile the idea that humans would love each other deeply but that there wasn't that you couldn't love god in a similar way actually like for instance there there's marriage and that's what things naturally lean towards. Like, that's what, that's what I, I would say people are designed for. It, it's what happens. Like you take anybody and that's what people do. They're like, yeah, I love you. Let's get, let's have a union together. Yeah. It points towards that. I uh-huh. could reconcile. And I had a really hard time at a young age thinking that you could have love to a certain intensity with another human, but that that doesn't actually mirror a love that you could have towards God. So
0: this is, this is,
1: I'm, I'm really curious about this. So I didn't. Okay. I'm about to go on PG. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that okay? Is yeah. That okay? Oh, we've
0: gone I already on this. Oh, before. okay.
1: Roger, yeah. Roger so r
0: for r, r for Roy,
1: Roy hers Hur. that... <laughs> r for yeah um well i what i couldn't because i felt you know like there's a lot of people feel intense emotions like romantic like the you know And, uh, you know, I think that's a good word for it romantic, like want to be unified with somebody. There are certain feelings that go with it. There's a certain, you know, you know, leads towards this union with this person and not just physically, not just like sex, although that's a part of it, but that you would live together, like live with intimacy. That's the ideal. That's what what we want. It's hard to attain, which makes it even more desirable in a way. Yeah. And you see that from a young age, obviously, or you should. And unfortunately, hopefully. It yeah. gets it can get distorted and through all sorts of things. Well, even at a young age, I thought about that a lot. And like I just felt like the, like if we were designed by God, there's gonna be that type of love, but it's gonna be even stronger. And I don't know I'm not hearing that a lot. Like I'm not hearing how to do that. And I don't is it is it doable and and I, or is it possible? It just didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you would have that with other humans, and then if God's real, He designed that that there wasn't the type of deep love that you could have for Him the same way, like at all. Like it's like kind of distant. He could be a father, and that could be, and I actually could understand that. I have a great father, and I had. Great Father growing up, that's awesome, but then there's other aspects, like I can't love him like you know because I don't love my father like I would love a partner or companion so so to to clarify, yeah,
0: the difficulty was kind of similar in the way that the Song of Songs is read in a lot of Christian tradition as. Mm-hmm most typically an analogy of Christ and Mm. his love for the church, Mm. his bride. Mm. Song of Songs being very obvious erotic literature from the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So it was difficult to reconcile that, to see something like that and
1: and understand how that love Mm. could be equated to God. Yeah. Absolutely. Or our
0: relationship with God.
1: And having a strong feeling that there is something there, but that I'm not getting taught that or experiencing that. And you asked me what was something hard and then had been somewhat reconciled. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I it, what I experienced is like God directly reconciling that. Because what happened in my life is... That was like a deep thing in my heart, but it's not like I, you know, wrote it down, thought about it all the time. It's just like there, settled, you know, in the background. And uh you know, I go through out high school and stuff where you're more conscious of things and or as a teenager. You know. Yeah. Like I had mentioned earlier, being a teenager. Yes. The concept.
0: Yes, it's a really interesting concept. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. Te- yeah. Teenage. Teen, teen the, age. The, teen the age. age of teen. Yeah. And and <laughs> and so. What a turbulent time! It was very turbulent, and you have all sorts of thoughts and emotions. Your body's doing weird things. Weird things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're thinking more about God. Oh gosh, <laughs> what a mistake, right? No. <laughs> but uh no but i i was kind of in the background and fast forward i'm 17 years old and there's lots of different things here and this time like wind up what i what i think i want to do in life and um feeling like i need to prove things to people feeling frustrated with life feeling like anyway there's a lot of things that that Had culminated at this point in my life, and feeling like college was around the corner. And at the time, I was really thinking I would do military and all sorts of things. And part of that was to prove people wrong that I that could be tough and be a man and whatever. And so, so love wasn't really a big focus, like loving God and stuff. And um, anyway, there's a there's a lot that I could share that I won't. But to to teaser teaser. There's yeah.
0: so much that I could share. I'm oh, not going so to. Oh, so
1: much. Just wow. Just like a lot. There's so much I could say, but I won't say it. Um, just for the sake of time, I won't say it. Um, but there's just a lot of things that were so significant about this beyond just these dreams that I had. But essentially when I was 17 years old, I kind of hit a point where it like, I I can't continue on with my plan. It really seems pointless and just too difficult. Life is very difficult. And I was laying in bed one night and after having several things happen to me that were hard to explain through natural means and including at one point having some men that were part of a church say like a... Well, I'll share a little bit about that experience. Pretty much I went to a youth group. And uh, like you do when you grow up in a small town in the Bible Belt. Yes, like you. Youth group culture. Went to this youth group, and there were some leaders there. And they were like, hey. They didn't know me the second time I ever went there because I did youth group hopping. And the guys were like, hey, we'd love to give some words from the Lord if all the kids would like to come to the front. I didn't really entirely know what that meant. And... I came to the front, and the second person that they spoke to was me. And he goes, "Hey, what's your name, Christian? Um, we really feel like you're a mighty man of David. Like that's why I'm hearing. Or he said, "I really feel like you're a mighty man of that God saying that, and you really need to look them up." And, and um, it was like it affected my heart really deeply, but I just played it off totally cool. And they said and this other this other gentleman, like the other leader, there felt like he has a word for you. And the guy was like, actually, it was the same thing uh, that you're a mighty man of David. Wow. Okay. Really kind of cool. And, uh, you know, even at the time I was like, well, he could have just said it cause he said it. Now, after that experience, I, I, I got to know them fairly well afterwards and I'm like, oh, they were telling the truth, like really awesome guys. So very cool. But I was experiencing things like that which had really deep significance wanting to join the military and feeling like God's like, you know, mighty man and David, they're awesome, bro. They're the coolest, <laughs> coolest <laughs> dudes, you know, and talk about tough guys, you know? Yeah. And everything you kind of think, man, it's like, God was saying like, you are that, you know, it touched my heart really deeply beyond what you could even just saying it, it could sound really cheesy, but it just affected me really deeply. Anyway, so, I have thoughts like that running through my mind. I feel like God's kind of speaking to me, and I have my own plans, but I don't feel like that's really going to work out. And I was in my bed one night, and uh, long story, but I got kicked out of my friend group, and so I like didn't have as many friends. One of my friend groups kicked me out, and it was just the beginning of summer, and that's who you're excited to hang out with, right? So feeling really down, and I was in my bed thinking about all sorts of things. What am I going to do with my future? What am I? Who am I even going to hang out with next week? And I was thinking about, I don't even know who God like is. I've prayed prayers, but I don't know if I've ever just like talked to Him like He's in the room with me. And that thought was wild. And I just get super like afraid. I was like, it didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to go to hell. It felt like, I don't know God. And it was scary. It was crazy. It was like, I could it felt like I could know God, but I don't. And the prospects of knowing God deeply are so amazing, just simply not knowing him as best as I could is horrifying. Mm. And it was a crazy thought for me to have at that time in my life. And I just said out loud, I said, God, if you're real, would you teach me how to love you? Also weird prayer for me to pray. Yeah. At 17, right? At 17, 17. just trying to be a tough guy, my whole previous life experience. And it was wild. Like, I felt like I was speaking to him in my room. And uh, maybe there's something about praying to God and sleeping because then I was like, yeah, I like prayed that prayer. And I was like, 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 you know, immediately fell asleep. <laughs> I should try that. Yeah. Yeah. You just talk to God and then you'll fall right asleep. But, um, actually my life completely changed and it feels like after that prayer, um, uh, because pretty much for the next month for like the next, uh, or yeah, for the next month, it felt like every other night I was like having some sort of dream and i'd wake up from the dream and just cry on the edge of my bed i just sit on the edge of my bed and cry even dare i say it weep yeah you dared <laughs> weep yeah like a little baby and uh real men cry Real. Yeah, it's true apparently i did not know that before <laughs> but now i know that now now i cry every day I just weep like a little baby every day. Just to remember that I'm a man. Yeah, (laughs) just (laughs) I'm a man. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I would, I would, I woke up like every other night and I just cry. And a lot of times I didn't even remember what the dream was, but I would have these dreams and it was like significant. And um, I had really had a crush on this one girl, pretty intensely.
0: As you do at seventeen.
1: Yeah, you do. And this girl, compared to other, other, uh, uh, um, I'm going to say it tactfully, other uh, ladies that I knew in high school, this particular girl loved the Lord, and, and there's just a lot of attributes that it was like, man, this she loves the Lord. This is like the picture of purity compared to what I had seen before. And desired, like, yeah, okay. You know, it's for the right reasons. I like this girl, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as much as you can as a 17 year old boy. Yeah. And, uh, but it was so crazy because th- this is weird what I'm about to share with you. <laughs> but to preface. Yeah, just to preface. <laughs> that helps somehow. <laughs> um, but I had a series of three dreams that I do remember from that time. And first dream is this. I am walking in the mall, the good old Fayetteville mall, <laughs> you know, the old stomping ground. <laughs> and, um, I'm walking through there and this girl, I have this intense crush on. I'm holding her hand. We're walking through the mall and not saying a word to each other, just walking through the mall. And I, I, in a little dream world, you know, when you experience emotions kind of intensely, does that ever happen to you?
0: Um, in the waking world, certainly. When but you, I don't, I don't know what necessarily you're referring to in the dream world.
1: So whenever you I like, I
0: assume it's similar to being a four,
1: a four <laughs> on the Enneagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perhaps. Um, <laughs> would you ever have dreams where it's like, a? bad thing is happening and you have like a fear. Yes. In your dream. Yeah, yeah. But it's like kind of magnified. Uh-huh. So this is happening in this dream kind of. I'm feeling like this intense feeling of like being known and being loved by this girl and being like like it was like true companionship. It was crazy. I don't even know how many times I felt any good emotions in a dream before that. In my life.
0: And so then you went to her and you said, The Lord wants us to be together. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that kind of wasn't working out. So I i just said, Hey, yeah, God doesn't want us together anymore. <laughs> Whenever I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. At yeah. 17. You, and yeah. you know what yeah. that's called? The Jesus Juke.
0: Oh, that's what, that's yep. your name for that's
1: it? That's what it's called. Wow. So no, I did not do that. You
0: Jesus Juke, too?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, old Jesus, juke. You never heard that? No. Wow. There you go. It's a good one. It's a free one. Still happens to this day. Yes. People get Jesus juke. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Um, but anyway, so I have this dream, and I'm holding hands with this girl. Yeah. And walking through, pretty intense feeling of just like, wow, this is amazing. Wake up from that dream. Well, weird dream. And actually, at the time, did not. I did not fully think to myself yeah that's this girl that i like 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 i i'm gonna totally apply that ask her out tomorrow it was just like huh that's crazy i don't know if it was like a couple days or a week later i have this other dream and it's me in this kind of beautiful outdoor setting like just like i don't even know uh walking with and and like almost like sound of music. The hills are alive. We're like running through the hills. It's an
0: idyllic nature scene.
1: Yes, idyllic nature scene. Yeah, exactly. And we're speaking to each other, but it's not in discernible words. um,
0: You're like recording in ASMR.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did you know? You know, I just had
1: a, had a word from the Lord. The yeah. Yeah. Had a dream about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but we're like speaking to each other. And it's not discernible words, but it's like we know the meaning. And it's like crazy, crazy feelings of just like being known, being loved. And um, and it's like amazing. Wake up from that dream, and I'm like, again, like, wow, what the heck was that? That's like these are the most positive emotions, life-changingly positive emotions I've ever felt in my life. And I saw your smile. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> the moment passed. Oh, okay.
0: We had a moment just now.
1: I thought you were gonna jump in and say no, something. No. <sighs> I'm, I'm just. I'm.
0: I'm. <laughs>
1: I wanted to capture your spot.
0: You know, your... I'm just attentively on, on the edge of my seat waiting for the, the climactic third memorable dream. Perfect. Perfect.
1: With a great smile, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened is, and again, I don't remember exactly how short or long of a time it was after the first two dreams, but I have another dream. And it's actually the same um, context of the previous two dreams, but I am in the place of where this girl was that I liked, and Jesus was in the place of where I was, and again, same scene, us. So, and this is this is where it's like, okay could be weird, but it wasn't weird to me at all. Holding hands, walking through this mall. And I feel like the same emotions just like, but even more intense, like I'm just known and I'm loved and I love this person. Then the next scene in the same dream of, you know, whatever, frolicking through the hills, you know, the hills are alive. Um, uh, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and and again, just like pure pleasure, speaking to each other, but like no discernible words, but just like knowing what each other is meaning, and uh, and I wake up from that dream, and I weep. I like sit on the edge of my bed and just weep, and uh, that was crazy because there was nothing in those dreams that was it was hard for me wanting to be like a big tough guy and just like weeping from something like that and acknowledging that I have a desire to be in communion and to be a companion and to have a companionship so totally different totally crazy and with God and it's like always been this thing in the back of my mind in the dreams, there's nothing, there's nothing sexual, obviously, it's not, it was not like, although, I believe that those dreams were from God, so I'll say, although God used this girl that I liked, it was like, it was like, totally just to use that as like, you have affection towards this girl, but I have affection towards you, like, a million times, you know, like, infinitely stronger, like, I desire to be with you, and I have, there's just a certain part of me that has been fulfilled, like, in that understanding, um, that also, too, part of it is, yeah, it's just spiritual union. There is, like, one day, there's going to be spiritual union with God, and I, that's, like, been a strong sense in my life ever since then, and it has changed my life completely, defined my life and uh, I would be a totally different person at this point in my life if I hadn't had God i mean intervene to show me his love you know and uh, it's it's kind of a strange thing to share because it's so i mean it is so intimate mm-hmm. you know but that's god lo- god's love and and um you know i people attack other people on like these very things but it's so crazy. Like, sometimes I almost forget, like, yeah, that happened to me. And, you know, it has affected me so positively, that understanding of God. It's unreal. It's like the fuel for everything else, you know? And one of the greatest evidences that I've ever had of not only that God is real, but that Jesus is God. (laughs) It feels like after that point, Literally, everything is just backing up what I had experienced, mm. which is a strange place to come from because even to this day, I don't want to value my experience above other things but to go forward in mine with all my heart, mind, and strength. But, um, but yeah, that was a particular experience on a heart level that totally changed me and reconciled that thing because like, it was like, I can love God. From that point on, I knew it, that I could love God in a deep way. And wow. that all of this stuff that we're seeing on earth is just a representation. And the desire that I really have is for God. Changed me completely. Yeah. I have that. <laughs> completely. That's the greatest thing that God ever... It was one of the greatest questions and one of the greatest things that God ever reconciled in my life.
0: And very um, applicable to all of us, mm. you know, whether or not whoever's listening, or even for myself, that has happened in the same way, or mm. if you're still trying to reconcile that, I think inevitably you come up against that. Mm. that question of what does it mean to love God, mm. And how can I love him in the kind of way? Mm. That I can love another human being. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a difficulty for a lot of people growing up in the church. Um, at some point, becoming aware of a desire for intimacy and to walk with someone. Mm. And thinking of God and just wondering, like, God, I, I want somebody next to me. Because mm. I don't feel that with you. Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's probably a very normal experience, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, because for me, I feel that it saved me from a lot of relational hurt because that is like a a void that's been filled to some mm-hmm. degree, and yeah. I forget, and I have troubles sometimes, like and it doesn't it' still can be confusing, it wasn't like the end, it was like the beginning of that understanding for me and then you, you walk that out, but yeah, if there's not, if there's not a parallel, if what you're seeing on earth, there's no parallel to God, then it's, it's kind of pointless, like, it's like, well then, why, it, it's gonna confuse you so much, and you're gonna try and seek God in other people, in a relationship, in that person, that, and that person can't live up to that, you know, and, uh, To know that your desires, those deepest desires that you have, they're legitimate and they're actually for God. And so then the rest of your life is figuring out how to do that in a right way that is loving. And there's so much to do with that, like obedience, following God in obedience and love. And It led me to have a deep desire to know the Holy Spirit because that, that was... What I saw in scripture, Jesus is like, I'm gonna go now, I'll give you my spirit, and he'll be with you even to the end of the age. Oh my gosh. That's God inside of me. That's the intimate partner mm-hmm. that's always next to me, inside of me. Uh so which then leads into in that place of intimacy what you know ended up being it it yields power, actually. It, I mean, I would say the power of God is the love of God, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, which manifests in things like you speak to people and you realize they're afflicted and you just, you feel for them. You're moved. And that's that's the Holy Spirit, too. And then it's like, all right, I love this person so much. Without you, Holy Spirit, nothing can be done. But with you, (laughs) something can be done. Your love is going to, is your power. Your power is your love. It's manifest, you know. So intimacy turns into something really crazy here on earth in this life, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway.
0: And uh, that—that's a—that's all I'm gonna say on that matter for the time being. <laughs> that was a Jordan Peterson impression.
2: Okay, but nice. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I just—I uh, don't—I'm—I'm not—I'm uh, not the most well versed on that topic. So that's—that's about—that's all I'm gonna say for now. I think.
1: <laughs> that's well, funny. That's great.
0: Um, um, do you have what words of wisdom? Because I know you have them. them. What words of wisdom would you give? or advice we don't have to label it as wisdom if you don't want to, to no no yeah i'm wise yeah what words of wisdom <laughs> would you lend to go, going off of like a lot of stuff we talked about earlier mm. to, to people who are struggling to have an awareness of any kind of spiritual reality and maybe feel kind of empty because of it
2: hmm
1: I, um, like, I've had the benefit of, like, talking to people about this before. Even, like, just people I've just met on the streets. And something that I gravitate towards a lot is, is based off what I feel. I mean, after years of thinking about this experience and processing the experiences I've had and, and, you know, testing, like, reading it in the scripture, like, understanding what is the relationship that other people have had with God and I would say, I still go back to what happened to me when I was 17, and I prayed that prayer, God, teach me how to love you, that to a certain understanding, and I benefited from knowing a lot of things about Jesus, so I had some grasp about who I might be talking to and who I may maybe. I mean, who I'm like talking about practically, practically who I'm communicating with on a spiritual level. The best I know, I'm reaching out to God. I have to believe that, and I've put this belief to the test with people and I put it on the line that people on the street that I've talked to, that I share with them and try and get some grasp of if they know who Jesus is, the concept. And I'm like, you need to reach out to that person. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, again, I have to give that in faith to God of who they're communicating with on a spiritual level and and have faith that the message is going through, you know, because some people only give you four seconds, five seconds if you're on the streets now. When you can sit down and talk to people longer, that's great, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then again, you can just think you're controlling the situation longer time you have. So, mm-hmm. you know, either way, just essentially, the best that you understand who God is, uh, which I think you can see a lot of examples in the Old Testament, New Testament, people just reaching out the best they knew who God was and turning their affection towards Him and being like, God, you know, just show me if you're real. And... um, I've talked to many people about your affection. You know, what is your affection? What can you do? What can you give them? Like God, speak speak to me, and I'll listen. <laughs> My affection is turned towards you. You know, um, don't like I don't want to just hey speak to me, and then I'll whatever. You know, I think he will. He still will. But the more that you put in, the more reward. I mean, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm putting it on the line. And there's so many examples in the scripture of people like, do this, God, like, or or if you do this, I'll listen. Like, I'll do this if if you say, or, or just whatever you want to do, God, I'm open. And I think that that is so practical to believers, to people that have not yet Received that revelation about who God is and His Son. And um, for believers down the road, if you've already believed, like, think practical to spiritual realms is um, new levels of obedience. Like, you're like, God, like, literally saying to Him stuff like, if you, like, if, like, please show me what how to deal with this, how to, and, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the most simple that you can keep it. Would you say perhaps that those who
0: ask may receive?
1: You know, I actually would. Yeah. That, that's really good. Yeah. (laughs) I thought of some right now, Um, like someone, if they knock a lot Uh on a door and then and then it's like they knock and then they keep knocking. And then eventually the person is gonna like open the door. Yeah. That's pretty good. That is right? a
0: novel concept.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if God's like that. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. I'm thinking so. And if that's true, that that would be great, like the concept in you, this. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you could it's like if you talk to him and keep talking to him, it's like it's like knocking, maybe. You know, and then him like showing up in your life is like him opening the door.
0: You could say that.
1: So that would be, that would be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I actually think that's true. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: We're going to wind down on that note. I end every episode in the same way. Perfect. Which is, there's two steps to this. Firstly, we're going to, you're going to give a recommendation. For, sure for the audience it can be anything anything you recommend and then you're gonna tell a funny story okay <laughs> or a joke just something to end on a high note you know i like to right. end in laughter
1: right good
0: yeah so do you have any recommendations for the audience
1: um recommendations it's joseph gordon levitt um well you know one thing that uh, pops in my mind is continue to drink water for sure. And if you don't drink a whole lot of water, you could, right, yeah, you could actually develop something called kidney stones. And, uh, like, because usually that stuff kind of gets washed down, but then, like, if there's not a whole lot of water, it, like, builds up. Um, So it's good to drink water. I don't do that enough. So I think about that often. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, in the morning I just look in the mirror. Oh, look at you. You're just dehydrated. you probably got little things, these little in your kidneys. Oh, that's going to hurt if it goes down. Yeah. So definitely recommendation, drink water. And also, too, I, there's definitely other benefits to drinking water. <laughs> yeah.
0: So as a medical yeah. professional.
1: Yeah. Right. You yeah. recommend drinking water. Mm-hmm. And that, that that is something I've been trained to say, too. And it makes, like, with my training, it makes sense.
2: Ah, wow. Well,
0: mm-hmm. We're going to pause for a cushion to drink some water.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: See that line? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have any funny stories?
1: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Give me a second to think. You can here. say no if you don't have any. Um, yeah, pretty well, I'm pretty lots of funny things happen to me actually. Um huh. believe it or not. And um you know hmm. Uh, I, I let me go back in the memory banks.
2: Okay.
0: Hearing the dial-up tone.
1: Oh man, there's some things I'm I'm debating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's some kind of funny. Okay. It pop, just a little funny thing. Yeah. Popped yeah, in my mind. Too. Um, when in high school. <laughs> When I was a teenager.
2: Oh, okay.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared now. I, when I used to, when we would go to the mall, the Fayetteville Mall, you know, but I would go around every once in a while. It didn't matter the time of year, but I would just tell my friends, like, hey, um, I'm going to do that thing again. And I just go up to random groups of girls. It didn't really matter, like, how, how old they were. Uh, probably cutoff is probably 30s and below. Or 30s to maybe my age at the time, and I just ask them to prom. Yeah, just at any time. Yeah, you want to go to prom? Huh? <laughs> yeah, specifically groups of girls, and go and yeah. ask one just to see the reaction. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you have
0: a, gr- st- a specific story?
1: Yeah, one time I went up to a group of uh, U of A students. I think is what they were and asked this girl and she thought it was so funny and she loved it she was like heck yeah are you kidding me and I was like I was like yeah and I was like what time do you want me to pick you up and she was like oh like probably like 7 I was like like Friday like she was like yeah that sounds great I was like awesome I'll be there she was like wait you don't even know where I live I was like no I'll be there and she was like awesome great it was funny so there you go Great thing to do when you're a teenager. Probably
0: really good for building the self-confidence
1: to to do that kind of thing. Something like that. Just practice. Something like that. Yeah. It probably did build yeah. my. Yeah. Probably did build my confidence. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. I I went up to somebody today, a young female, and I said, "Bongo prom?" KT. And she said, "No." no. I said, "Oh, okay. I thought you were someone else."
1: <laughs> then <I> walked away. <laughs> did that build your confidence you think yes that's did, great man. yeah
0: Now i'm gonna start going up to everybody you mean kt is,
1: is the kt is it like katie are you those are saying, initials and she goes by that hi caitlin Oh, this is a person you know? Yes. Okay, yes. so this is not a standard thing. So you don't <laughs> say KT to any girl you don't know? Well, now I will. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. KT? Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> you know, I may start doing that now. Yeah. Just to see. You said it built your confidence, right?
0: Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah maybe I did that's that's pretty good yeah <laughs> My mom...